Hi, I'm Mary Lyons, The Wealth Woman. And I'm Eric Alexander with Benchmark Income Group. Welcome to the Big Wealth Podcast. So today we are going to do episode three with Ian Cron. And the real key today, and this is the one that I'm really excited about, not that the other ones aren't exciting, but this one's really cool, is that key motivation, the core motivation for each type. And how does that affect your lifestyle choices, finance choices, money choices? Yeah, I, I literally am excited about this episode too, because I want people to understand what is the motivation that's operating beneath the waterline of consciousness that is so powerfully influencing the way that you act, think, and feel without your knowing, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. the beauty of the Enneagram is it's going to help you know what that is so that you can make healthier choices rather than live on autopilot or default. Right. Let's jump in and talk about Enneagram 1s, the improvers. Right. These are, by way of reminder, meticulous, ethical, detailed people who want to be good. They want to be appropriate. They want to have integrity. And they gain a sense of control by seeking to tamp down anger, which is an issue for ones. They repress mm -hmm. anger. They always want to meet their own high internal standards, and they want to perfect themselves, others in the world. Now, how does that affect their lifestyle choices and how they relate to money and finance? I'm going to say that ones, fives, and sixes tend to worry about having enough money for the future mm -hmm. and for things like housing, for retirement, for college educations, right? But for very different reasons, right? Ones want to do it because that's appropriate, because that's we're adulting. We, we're adults, and this is what adults do in the world, right? So they're going to be uber responsible with finances, and because they're rule followers, they will value expert advice, okay? What I find fascinating about this particular part is that there are a lot of rules that are taught in finance yeah. that originated in an environment that doesn't exist anymore. And so what I actually see sometimes when we are working with people who have an Enneagram type that's a one is almost like a crowdsourcing of what the rule should be as opposed to really looking at the specifics. Like I did this because this is what everyone says you should do. And then when you deviate from that for their specifics, sometimes we see a little bit of resistance there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or I'm supposed to pay for my kid's college, even though that's going to cause me to go broke and live in a home and need all of their money later on. Yeah. But this is what we do. We pay for college, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So why don't we do this? Why don't I just give you one example of what a healthy one looks like when they're yeah. in their relationship to money and finances and one thing that they got to watch out for. Okay. That, that sounds okay. great. Perfect. Yeah. So I would say that with ones, what's so great about ones is they will, oh, they love a budget and they love adhering to mm -hmm. it. Good people do that. Mm. When they're unhealthy, they can become tight-fisted with money. They can become what we call abstemious. So I would also say that uh, they might become rigid and dismissive of alternative ways to think about money, wealth building, and investments. Right. Yeah. Y'all ready for twos? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. These are those helpers. They're giving, supportive, and they're caring, and they desperately want to be liked and appreciated because they unconsciously believe that they can't be loved for who they are, but only for what they do for others. Okay? Now, interesting fact about twos. You ready? And this is research, by the way, that was done by Steve Melendi and uh, Truity, okay? All right. Twos are not motivated by money. And according to research, their income tends to tr trend toward the lower range. So aged 30 to 50-year-olds report incomes below $50,000. That's for twos. 
And is that because they're more likely to be in a service-oriented industry? Um, it could be, but they're so focused on relationships. Twos get up in the morning thinking about relationships. They go to bed at night thinking about relationships. They're uh, not going to have a fight negotiating for salary increases if they think it might cause dislike. Yeah. If they're in an unhealthy space, maybe. In, in an unhealthy space, that's right. In a healthy space, I've known many very ambitious too, right? Right. And that surprises people, but they are definitely out there for sure. In a good space, altruistic, they're generous with finances in an appropriate way, right? Not in a way that's just incautious. Because they're not going to give it all away. Yeah, in a healthy space, they'll have more boundaries with us, right. right? But when they're unhealthy, they might spend more than they can or should, right? Overspending to win appreciation mm. without responsibly investing to take care of themselves. Threes. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> These are the performers. I need a new Audi. Right. They're driven, <laughs> goal-crushing, image-conscious, and accomplishment-focused people because they mistakenly believe that being successful and appearing successful— and avoiding failure is the only pathway to being valued and loved, right? So interesting fact. I love interesting factoids. Yeah. <laughs> so according to research, 41% of threes report that they were highly motivated by money, unlike twos, right? They also said that money was the primary motivator of decision-making, mm. okay? Uh, they are one of the two highest earners on the Enneagram along with eights, right? So 8% report making more than $100,000 per year, and 7% report making over $150,000 per year. So those are pretty, you know, it doesn't sound like 7 and 8% is big, but that in statistical analysis, a big percentage. I think when threes are healthy around money, they will have wealth targets. They will track the progress of investments. They will be generous without needing acknowledgement from others. Mm -hmm. When they're unhealthy, I think threes will equate financial success with personal value. We don't want that. To right? how big my car is or how nice my house is or? Yeah. Equals how lovable I am, how valuable I am to other people. Right. And obviously, they, you mentioned this, they'll, they'll make expensive purchases on for sake of having status symbols that'll message or signal success to other people. And would they, do they tend towards burnout because of that? They're taking jobs they shouldn't have in order to make the money that they want, but they're miserable? In an unhealthy place. I just think that's actually a, probably a general life thing. Yeah, I think they can get definitely get on the gerbil wheel of success, which can burn people out pretty quickly. And yeah. they, I think later in life, they can experience real disillusionment when they have a lot of wealth, and yet their relationships have suffered. Yep. Like they've had to make some sacrifices to get that wealth, and mm. often in the relational sphere. Yeah, we see that sometimes with our yeah. business owner clients yep. where they have they started and their stated values are about time with family and their family relationships, but they've leaned so far into the business that their family relationships suffer. Yes. So you see their behavior is yes. at odds with their values. Right. And I think the story they tell themselves is, yeah, but as soon when as I get to this them. spot, right. And then when you get to that spot, there's always the next target. target. Or, or How much do you need? Goal. I just need a little bit more. Yeah, and, and oftentimes as a therapist, I don't have a practice anymore, but you could always tell a three when they come in because they'll sit with the kids and the kids will say, you're never around, blah, blah, blah. And they'll say, I'm doing all of this for you. And you're like, as a therapist, you're like, no, no. you're doing most of this for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is about you winning love and value, not providing. Right. All right, fours, creative, temperamental, emotionally intense. They mistakenly believe they're missing something crucial inside. And until they regain it, they'll never be loved and understood and welcome into the world. Now, 
according to resource, four is the type that cares the least about money mm. or earning. In fact, only 24% self-reported as spenders. Interesting, isn't mm. it? Now, this will make sense, right? Because when they are in an unhealthy, not very self-aware state, they will view budgeting and caring about money and wealth building as something only, quote-unquote, ordinary people do. It's mm-hmm. kind of pedestrian. Yeah, pedestrian, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? And because fours can be elitists, you know? And that's beneath them to care so much about, so materialistic and consumeristic. We should be more focused on the larger ultimate questions of life. Um, That's unhealthy. When they're healthy, I think they will connect money and investments to the larger purpose of life. And they will begin to spend responsibly, particularly on things like clothing and furnishings, unusual hobbies. They'll oftentimes jump into those things as a way to create ordinariness and uniqueness. I don't know if you noticed this, but did you see my fountain pen when you came in? I had no, a fountain pen on the table. Oh, no. So I'm a four on the Enneagram. That is a $600 fountain pen. Oh, wow. I collect wow. them. Okay. Oh, nice. Now, I have the resources to do that. But even if I didn't, I would be doing that. <laughs> right. Right. It's your thing. Yeah. Well, because it messages what? Specialness and uniqueness. It compensates for what I perceive is the missing piece, and I want you to see me as special and unique. Because I mistakenly believe that if you do, you will welcome me now. Okay. Into love and relationship. Because, you're, because of your uniqueness. Because of my uniqueness. Oh, so. interesting. Fives, you ready, buddy? Yeah. All right, so they're <laughs> private, remember, highly observant. You believe that the world is intrusive and makes more demands right. on you than right. you can meet. So you protect yourself against intrusion. By becoming a minimalist. This is going to be, we're going to get right. into this in a moment with finances, right? Observing rather than participating in life and gaining knowledge to fend off feelings of inadequacy. Now, according to research, five say they save what they earn and rarely spend. Interesting. And, and when they do, 23% say they spend most on gaming, streaming, books, and video games. Because it's an escape, right? Yes, and I'm pretty sure you spend a lot of money on books. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. why? Because you can right. hide behind books. Sure. But unfortunately, they take you away from the very thing you need, which is actual engagement with humans. Right, with human. Yeah. <laughs> Those pesky things. Yes. Those pesky things. Now, when you're healthy, you'll have an abundance mindset. You'll be less of a minimalist, and you'll be like, you know what? The more I give, the more I receive. That's a universal principle, not a religious principle. It's just right. a good, I think, world, you know, <laughs> right. the universe smiles on that. Right. Yeah, no right. doubt. And when you're unhealthy, you'll have a scarcity mindset and begin to hoard resources, love, affection, a lot of things that are of value. You're at sad effort to become bulletproof and not have any, no one needs you. Yeah. You want long-term self-sufficiency. You don't want to rely. You don't want to be Correct. at 75 relying on your kids to take care of you. For sure. Yeah. Independent yeah. because you that would just be terrifying to you. Right. Does anybody sure. actually want that? Maybe the two. I gave you so they, much for so think, long. Or maybe the nine. Mm. No, I don't think anyone intentionally sets out to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're operating in default, you'll start to do that. Stuff. You'll end up there. Yeah, you'll end up there. But That's a, a self-aware two would say, I need to think about the future because I don't want my children to have to take care of me in the future. I want them to have their lives in my own life. And you mentioned that for yourself, right? I want to have this place so that the kids will want to come here. Right. Not out of obligation, but out of like They have good memories and and they want to recreate them for their kids. And that's a healthy eight. Right. Cha-ching. Yes. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, let's talk about sixes, right? Oh, the, man, uh, these guys got to be have it hard. Oh man, they can have a hard time, but they're wonderful again when they're when they're very healthy, right? They're called the loyalists. They're warm. They're trustworthy, but they're motivated by fear. They see the world as a dangerous place in which the only way to feel safe and supported is to remain hyper vigilant about possible catastrophe. They want to forge strong alliances with others because there's safety in numbers, right? Now, I think, interesting fact, 38% say they're highly motivated by money. That's a big number. Now, it's different, different than threes. Yeah. Only threes, they'll report being more motivated by money than sixes. They're 41%. But the purpose for the six isn't to signal success, but because they equate money with security. I've got enough to handle whatever problem. Oh, yeah. I've got enough money in the bank that no matter what comes up, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Right? So they're probably going to pay their house off first and get rid of all of that and hoard cash probably. Yeah. So when they're healthy, they're going to prudently trust rather than be suspicious of the hidden agenda, what they think is the hidden agenda of expert advisors. They're going to trust themselves to make wise decisions in regard to wealth building and finances. But when they're unhealthy, all right, they're going to make financial decisions based on fear. Or, which as you know better than I do, making financial decisions based on fear is a very bad idea. Oh, definitely. It's so short-sighted. Right? Yes, exactly. They'll distrust themselves when it comes to making decisions around finances. And as I mentioned earlier in an earlier podcast, there's that analysis paralysis that if they get scared, they'll freeze in the headlights. Mm. So they tend towards inaction if they're not sure. So when the market goes down, sixes are watching CNN around the clock, you know, or whatever Mm -hmm. the financial— Whatever their news, yeah. That channel is. What's the channel about money again? What was it? Not— Bloomberg? Bloomberg, right? Yeah. They'll be like, oh, my gosh, what's happening out there? And, and so there, there, there's right. the danger, right? The, you want to be thinking about markets, I think, in over a long period of time, not in this quarter. Like right now, the markets right. aren't doing well. Well, okay, that's concerning. Okay, well, think of it over the next decade. Don't think about it now. We've right. been in right. recessions before. Right. It's okay. We're going to get through it. And so you have to reassure sixes that that's the case Right. Do you find that sixes spend more time than other types in this fear of, I must be missing something, this is too good to be true? That skepticism coming out when they're unhealthy, like when you talked about the mistrust earlier? Yeah, I would imagine, mm. though I don't know, that most sixes, there's a type of sixes wouldn't be true with, but most sixes would be, you know, if you're saying low risk, average risk, high risk investments. They're going to want to stick between low and average risk, even when it's not in their best interest. Right. Right. Like even if it's time to for, forge ahead. Yeah, this is a moment to step on the gas. Right. Right. I, you know, I'll just tell you just personally. I, you know, obviously have investments. Several months ago, when it looked like the pandemic was over, the the, the economy was going to roar forward. I moved everything into a, not everything, but a, a piece of my investments into a high risk position. Now, obviously, oops. Right. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. stuff went sideways. We have a war in the Ukraine. We have all these other things that are, you know, affecting the environment. Right. But I'm not staying up at night worrying. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't worry about it. I'm like, I've just lost 20 percent or whatever it is of my Mm -hmm. portfolio. Right. But I'm like, you know, 10 years from now, it's all going to be different. That's just the nature of life. You'd like me as a client, wouldn't right. you? <laughs> that sounds <Yeah>. right. <laughs> hey, did you see the news? What news? I haven't no, watched I the watch, news in weeks. I, I kind of yeah. watch the news, but I just don't I don't tend to become highly reactive. I, I tend to right. be like, okay, well, we might have to make different decisions, or maybe we just ride it out, you know, because this is what markets do. 
Am I correct on that? Yeah. Maybe you should yeah, give me some advice sure. yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. But if you think about it, right, like markets go up and down. Civilizations tend to act like pendulums. Right. This different, right? They come and go, right? For sure. Civilizations come and go. Markets go up and down. So it's just how it goes. And I just tend not to get too anxious about it. Yeah. Now, yeah. that may be because I'm blessed with fairly predictable, meaningful income. So I'm not mm-hmm. worried about retirement. I'm not at an age where I'm worried about, oh, my gosh, my retirement has just vanished by 20%. Right. So I have different – I'm in a different space than a lot of people. For sure. But that's a luxury, I guess, that I have. Yeah. Sounds, too, like you're in a healthy space as opposed to an unhealthy space because yeah. the attachment is not, oh, this is the meaning of life. Oh, definitely. I, right. So interesting you used to say that. I am less concerned about wealth building than I am with wanting to make a meaningful, deep difference in the interior lives of human beings. Right. Now, that doesn't mean I don't care about investments. It means that I'm I'm just sort of one of those people that if I made half of what I make now, but I was still making a huge impact on people. You'd be fine. I'd be fine. If I had to move into a smaller place and change my lifestyle, but I was really helping people, I'd be like, okay. But I think that's why you're so successful is because you're really looking at what you can give, and that's the primary motivator. Right. And then to me, when you're—and this is a total aside that has nothing to do with Enneagram, but I find in <laughs> general, when people are in that space of love and abundance and creation, and they're looking at what they can give and how they can impact the world around them, and they, they come from that very positive place, that actually seems to me frequently to attract money. Yeah. Right. If yep. you're if you're even a little bit mindful about the compensation piece of it, because when you're driving impact and providing value, people will exchange money for value. Right. And so when that value is there and you're making that impact there, and especially if you're vocal about it and people know how to find you, then people gravitate towards the motivation and towards the impact that yeah. you can make on their life. And I find that the money at that point really can be viewed as almost certificates of appreciation mm-hmm. yes. for the work that you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think good motivation and great ideas, when you have them, money follows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The and universe responds, right? The universe yeah. smiles. Yeah, I like to say that. All right, sevens, remember they're fun, spontaneous, are all about adventure and unlimited possibilities. But their unconscious belief is that painful emotions have to be avoided at all costs. Now— in terms of finances and their lifestyle, here's an interesting fact. 20 21% of sevens classified themselves as spenders versus savers. And the majority report that they prefer to spend money on experiences, mm-hmm. travel, adventures, than on things. Okay. What's interesting about sevens is that they can be more planful and goal-oriented than people think. Oh, okay? really? Yes. Yeah. Not just fleeting. Yeah, it's all about execution and sticking to the plan. That's what okay. a healthy seven will do. Also, a healthy seven, I think, will uh, take others into consideration. And consideration meaning about how their decisions about money and spending will affect others. Hmm. Sevens are what we can call self-referential numbers. And sometimes they can be, if they're not careful, if they're unhealthy, a little bit of it's all about me. So I'm going to make this decision because it's going to open up possibilities for me that are going to be really fun instead of thinking about their partner who's a six and is freaking out about the money. I have seen that before. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So I think that sort of hits the health and actually the unhealth too, right? Because one's the flip side of the other. For sure. Eights, commanding, intense, right? They see a world in which the strong dominate the weak and they want to hide vulnerability and they present in a highly defended fashion. 
according to research, eights tend to be very high earners, with along with threes, with 7% reporting incomes greater than 100000 and 7% reporting higher than 150000 Healthy eights value and consult the opinions of others when it comes to money and financial decisions. When they don't, they'll make big autocratic decisions without asking anybody about what to do with their money. Because they know best in an unhealthy space? Yeah, they just make big gut decisions a lot of the time. That's why it's good if Mary relies on you. Well, and vice versa, right? Because I'll tend towards inaction. You'll research too much, and sometimes you'll make big moves too fast without consulting the details. Mm -hmm. But I I also find the eights are very sort of towards an end, towards some sort of positive end, bigger impact. How can I make a difference in the world? But it's not just intensity for its own sake, but— how do we make the world a better place and do those good things Yes, from a money standpoint? So when they're not in a great space, I would say that eights can sometimes not take on healthy debt because oh. they are afraid of being at the mercy of lenders. Hmm. Yeah, it's Someone a control else is issue. in power. Right. right. Even if you can say, hey, the math makes sense for you to finance this mm-hmm. and to keep this growing, they're right. like, don't care, want right. the control. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that's a, an interesting thing about eights, I think. Nines, remember, pleasant, laid back, accommodating. They want to maintain internal and external peace, connection with others, no conflict. Interesting. They are the number least likely of all types to say money is a very important motivator in their life. Oh, it's at the low end. The very mm. low end, the lowest end. They are also the least likely to appear in the 150000 plus income bracket, only about 4%. So an unhealthy nine, by the way. I'm just going to be honest with you. They can be disorganized and unmotivated to make decisions regarding finances. They might have said, you do it. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to talk later in another podcast about relationships. And this can be a problem in relationships yeah. because what should happen? Both partners should be taking responsibility Engaged. for finances. Yeah. And then engagement's a big deal. Yeah. I will say that in the times that we only work with one spouse— Versus when we work with both members of a relationship, the outcomes look very different from a decision-making process, especially in the protection space. How much am I protecting my family? How much am I doing this? Right. It becomes very, here are my goals. Right. And when you have two people who are contributing to the long-term direction, the decision-making process is very different. Uh, sure. And also, you, you you want to avoid, if things don't go as well as you thought it was going to go, the one who was not engaged could snap mm. back and become resentful. I told you so. Or not even, I told you so. It's like, what are blaming. you doing? It's yeah. like, well, the other one was like, well, you haven't even wanted to be engaged. What? Why are you blaming me for this? You know what I mean? Right, right. It's like, I was doing things, but yes. they didn't go well, but at least I was engaged. You want both people to be engaged. Yeah. So there's a mutual... If things go sideways, they can look at each other and say, well, we made made this decision. And how do we get out of it? Not out of it, but how do we actually leverage the opportunity of the moment? How do we fix it, right? We we have a phrase that I've used for years now called beware of the Louis. And I call the Louis the late entry of the uninvolved. And and so there's always that, hey, what happened? Well, man, we got caught by the Louis again, right? Somebody came in at the last moment and said, what are we doing? Why does this work this way? And just... Then you either start all the way over. Or everything grinds to a halt. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk, I think, in another podcast about how do we talk to each other. Sure. And I think what you just described is something I'll mention on that podcast, which is the idea, the concept of what's called financial intimacy. Yeah. Financial intimacy. If both partners, to see a discussion about money and your future as highly romantic. Oh, yeah. 
Now I've given away that podcast. I'm I'm, going to tell you that was an eight. That's resonating right now. (laughs) Well, married to a five, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. perfect. Guys, yeah, this was sure. really fun. Yeah, this is amazing. So real quick, where can they find you? The Wealth Woman. And then in. Uh, I know we've done this before, but I always want to give them sure. the plug Ian for that. Sure, Morgan-Cron, I-A-N-M-O-R-G-A-N-C-R-O-N.com. And there's lots of resources on the site. Yeah. And that couples quiz is amazing, by the way. And then Economics with Eric on LinkedIn and Facebook. So we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us.